Well, let's turn to uh, the scriptures and uh, let's turn to Isaiah 52 and uh, we'll be reading verses uh, 7 to 10. And even before I read this, uh, just to kind of get the context here, this passage in Isaiah is a passage in which the prophet looks ahead many years to after the exile of God's people. They, they would be going into exile to Babylon and then God would bring them back from Babylon. And, and you know, that was a very difficult time for them uh, in, in captivity. But, but Isaiah says, God's going to bring you back and, and it'll be a time of renewal and rejoicing. And, and that's what this passage is, is really all about. So let's pause it and ask God's blessing in prayer. Thank you, Lord God, so much for giving us your word and for this time to meditate upon it. And we give this time to you. We focus our minds on you. Lord, remove any distractions or anything that would hinder us from truly hearing uh, and receiving your word. And may it truly be implanted deep within us, O Lord God. Fill us with your spirit, both speaker and listeners, uh, this evening, that uh, your word will break through into our lives and bear fruit uh, here and now and even for eternal life, O Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 52, and we'll just read verses 7 to 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. You know, these, uh, you hear several times in this passage that phrase, good news, and uh, in the older translations, especially in the New Testament, when that phrase comes along, it's, it's the word gospel. And it, it does simply mean good news, a happy announcement. Something good has happened, and, and they're rejoicing about it, and they want to spread that good news around. Uh, you know, these, uh, it's really something that's happy and uh, something to rejoice about. Now, um, I want to share with you, we're going to show a, a short video um, and uh, what I did in a, in a workshop with people, it was a workshop about evangelism, and we kind of traced that theme of good news from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So this video is about that workshop. So let's take a look at that uh, a few minutes here, and then we'll come back to this passage. I'm Stan Cruz, and I've been a missionary in the Philippines for 20 years. I currently teach in the missions department at the Asian Theological Seminary. And besides teaching at ATS, my wife Bessie and I are also involved with the Christian Reformed Church in the Philippines. We uh, consult with church leaders, and we also do training of church members, particularly in the areas of evangelism, church planting, and Christian stewardship. My main assignment is teaching at the seminary, Asian Theological Seminary, where I teach in the missions department. And I enjoy that. 
uh, but I also enjoy leading workshops with church leaders. The workshop that I led this morning was, uh, was with church leaders of the Christian Reformed Church in the Philippines, and we had about 30 uh, leaders come together, and uh, the topic was evangelism. I had them work in groups of usually three persons, and to trace through the, the Old Testament and New Testament on the theme of good news. There are several reasons why I like to use that group process. For one thing, people learn better by discovery than by simply listening to a lecture. Also, uh, Filipinos just really enjoy that kind of interaction. It fits very well with the culture. They feel comfortable with it. They love to socialize, tell stories together. So it works very well. Another reason uh, is one of my limitations is that I I'm not fluent in Tagalog, and so I'm doing the workshop mainly in English, which they they basically understand. But in terms of uh, processing it and learning more deeply, it's better for them to use their own language, which they can easily do when they break into smaller groups. Then when the groups report back what they've what they picked up, what they learned, it's also a very good way for me to gauge what they're understanding and what do I need to add to it. Plus. Uh, often the groups will see something that I hadn't seen myself before. So all in all, it's, it's more fun, it's, uh, it's more interesting. I like the way uh, Dr. Stanley's method in, you know, uh, in teaching, it's very interactive. My reaction to the uh, workshop, first is the teacher. What I get from his teaching is that uh, it's a wider perspective of sharing the gospel. I'm most excited now, even more excited, to share it to the church. It's quite, quite amazing uh, experience today. That uh, There's a new approach, how to present the gospel to the people. It's a very wonderful experience, and I thank Dr. Stan sharing that uh, good news to us this morning. And I praise you God for, for it. Okay, now, uh, in that video, it talked a lot about the, the process or the style of teaching and training. It didn't say so much about the content, about what we actually discovered as we went through the Bible and looked at that theme of, of good news. And that's what I'm going to tell a little bit about now. Back in the early Old Testament, this idea of good news came from a battle situation. You know, the king would, would stay in Jerusalem, like King David. He would stay there and send out his army to fight the enemies. And, and then when they, they won the victory over the enemy the commanding officer would send a certain person to run back as fast as he could back to the king to announce the good news that they, they won the battle. Uh, that, was, you know, that was really good news that they won. And, and that's what it was about. In fact, in the, uh, it's interesting to note that in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, actually the Old Testament was, was written in Hebrew, but then there was a Greek translation which was often used in the time of Jesus. And the term for that person who would uh, be running back with the good news, the term was the evangelizer. And what he was doing was called evangelizing. So that kind of gives you an idea of the link between this idea of good news and what we call today evangelism. It's just really announcing something great that has happened. 
Uh, now here in Isaiah, the passage that we've read, which is later on in the Old Testament, it, it has shifted to a little bit different meaning. Uh, let's look at, at verse 7 again. Uh, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. Now you kind of catch a bit of that idea of victory here, but it's not so much about a human king or a human army. It's really about God, that God has won the victory. God is now reigning, and God brings uh, not just a victory in battle, but God brings uh, shalom, God brings peace, and God brings salvation to his people. So it really has a fuller kind of meaning. Uh, now, when we go into the New Testament, we see that Jesus actually began his ministry talking about this good news. Notice uh, Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. It says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, when Jesus' listeners were, were, were hearing this, I can imagine them thinking, oh, this sounds like Isaiah. And they would think back to this same passage that we were reading in Isaiah. We, we might not quite catch that uh, as we're reading because we see that term kingdom of God. And in, in, in Isaiah, it talks about our God reigns. But you know, if you go back again to the original languages, those words are virtually the same. In other words, the kingdom of God has come near is basically the same as saying, our God reigns. And so Jesus was, was saying, yes, the time has come. God is now going to reign among his people. Now, we think about the ministry of Jesus. Not only did he preach good news, talk about it, but you know, he was the good news. He, he himself was good news for the people. And we think about how he went around uh, not only teaching, but he went around healing people, restoring sight to the blind, and, and feeding the hungry, and telling the people that they could experience forgiveness from God, and experience a good relationship with God, and know the depths uh, of salvation that God has given. And we think back, you know, we, uh, a couple months ago now, we celebrated Holy Week, we celebrated uh, the, the suffering and death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. Now, two weeks ago, uh, we celebrated Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon his people, which empowered his followers to go out and preach that good news. You know, th those are the central realities of the good news. When we think about, you know, uh, the good news is about winning a battle, something that happened. Well, what is it that happened for us? What happened is that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory, to give us life, to win the victory over sin, over death, and over Satan. And now he turns over to us this great responsibility of, of spreading this good, of announcing it to the world around us. So, yes, Jesus lived out the good news. He was good news. And, and you know, that's one thing I told the people when I did a work, the workshop on evangelism. I said... You know, we have, to, we have to be good news to the people around us. Uh, people need to see in our lives this good news, that something has happened with us, that, that something has changed in our lives. 
We've, we have received the power of God into our lives through our faith in Jesus Christ. And that makes a big change. And, and people could see it. We also, like Jesus, we go around uh, serving people, helping people in various ways, uh, listening to people in their needs and concerns, reaching out to them, both in words and in actions. And, uh, you know, if, if we're bad news people, uh, if we're kind of the people who... Uh, are kind of selfish, who uh, look at themselves and, and think of themselves first, kind of maybe lazy, not really uh, working hard, serving others, uh, who's going to listen to us? We try to preach good news, uh, people are really not going to listen to us. So we need to be good news people. We need to be good news churches, congregations that are working together uh, to reach out in the community, to serve the people, being aware of needs and doing what we can uh, to reach out to people like that. And when we do that, when we are living uh, the good news and proclaiming the good news, God is going to work and God will see, we will see people coming to faith in Christ and joining us in worshiping him. Now, I want to go ahead into the, uh, the New Testament uh, a little bit further to the Apostle Paul and look at Romans and, and see the same good news theme there. Let's look at Romans 10, verses 13 to 17, uh, where Paul talks about this, this theme of beautiful feet, bringing good news. Uh, he says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For, Israel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Now, notice that the point uh, the Apostle Paul is making here is that everyone can be saved. Not just the Jews, not just certain people, but Jews and Gentiles. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ can be saved. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord. But notice there's, there's kind of a, a chain of necessity here. Uh, he says, you know, how can they believe unless they hear the message? How can uh, they hear it unless someone preaches it to them? And even how can someone preach unless they are sent? And I want to focus on that last one a little bit. We, we probably often don't think about that. How can they preach the message unless they are sent? And, and back to the Old Testament uh, good news theme. You know, when, when the army won the battle, a particular person couldn't just say, oh, I'm going to go run and bring the message to the king. No, he had to be authorized. The commanding officer had to pick a certain person and commission him to go and bring that good news to the king. And so we also need to be commissioned. We need to be sent by Jesus to bring good news. Uh, remember when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, uh, after his resurrection, he came to his disciples and said, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. And by virtue of that, they were commissioned to go out and bring the good news. And we all, the whole church really, is called and sent by Jesus Christ. We, we talk about the Great Commission, you know. 
uh, go and disciple all the nations. We are commissioned by Jesus. We're sent by him to bring the good news. We are, we are all called for that. We're all sent in some way. To, as, as we read in the, um, the contemporary testimony a little bit earlier, it mentions, no, we are all called to be participating in this great task of God's mission. Some of us are called to go across oceans and bring the good news. Some are called to go across the street, uh, go to the other side of town, uh, whatever it takes to share with people around us the good news, but we all participate. At the same time, certain people are called and commissioned for particular tasks in this work. And it's our privilege to be some of those people who are sent out uh, across the ocean to bring the good news. It's a great privilege for us to be beautiful feet people uh, going and, and bringing good news. And, you know, this sending role is a very important role. Uh, in order for us to go, we have to be sent. And, uh, you know, sending people out in the mission isn't just a matter of, of saying, go out and, and go preach the good news. Uh, it means raising up people to become missionaries. It means training them, and uh, it means sending them out and supporting them through prayers and through finances, and, and like you're doing today, uh, you know, encouraging us as we go back to the field. All that is part of this sending that needs to be happening. That's what we're celebrating today. Uh, we like to put it this way. You're the home-based missionaries. We're the field-based missionaries, but we're all participating together in God's mission, in this task together. We all really need each other in that. So we want to thank you and praise God that you're participating in this way. We want to encourage you also in your mission right here in Elmhurst, in this area, in bringing the gospel to those that still need to hear it. Now, one thing that Jesus said uh, in his ministry, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, that's about 2,000 years ago, but it's still true today. Uh, there's a lot to be done in missions, but still the harvesters, the people going out, are not enough. And if you just look at uh, that graph, you know, there's uh, different percentages. And think about that red portion of the graph, the 29%. Those are people that have virtually no exposure to the gospel because of barriers, all kinds of barriers to the gospel, they have not heard it and, and have virtually no opportunity to hear the good news. Now, it's kind of surprising uh, to hear that because we have such great means of, of communication and travel. How could it be that 29% of the world's population still haven't heard? But it is true. Um, and the barriers are not so much geography, but it's resistance to the gospel it's places where people can't simply go and, and say, I'm going to be a missionary, I'm going to preach the gospel. Uh, places where it's forbidden to, to uh, convert other people. Uh, these are very hard to reach people. And especially for, uh, for us uh, Western missionaries today, it's very hard for us to reach those people with the good news. But now what we see today is that God is raising up new missionaries from new countries that are going out and bringing the gospel. And I want to share with you a little bit about that uh, yet tonight. You, I'm sure you've heard about the Korean missionary movement. It's amazing that the church in Korea and, and everywhere Koreans go, they are going out 
as missionaries. Uh, everywhere we go and visit other countries, uh, you know, we, we find Korean missionaries who are faithfully and diligently bringing the gospel. Um, and now we're seeing that China is actually becoming a missionary-sending country. We had the privilege of serving in China for a couple of years and, and could see the responsiveness of people to the gospel. Well, two years ago, I went back to China to do some uh, research for our mission, and uh, I landed in a major city in eastern China and took a taxi to uh, the home of a, of a host family who would be letting me stay with them for a couple of days. And when I went into their apartment, there was a missionary trainer training a young lady who would go out of the country, out of China, to become a missionary. And I was just amazed. I didn't really know this was happening. Uh, but I found out that these people were part of a, a network, a group of churches around their city who were working to, to train, to raise up missionaries, and to send them out to other parts of China and even outside of the country. Now, I was telling uh, this to, uh, uh, I, I noticed that you are supporting Mission India. And I was telling this to Dave Stravers, who uh, has been the director of Mission India. Some of you may know him. And, and I was saying, well, China is going to become the next great missionary sending country. You know what he said? He said, no, India is. <laughs> um, and, and I didn't really know this, but he, of course, knows from his experience that uh, the church is growing in, in India, and people are responding to the gospel. And he says, uh, India will be sending out more missionaries uh, in coming years. So we praise God for that. And uh, as you've probably guessed, uh, the Philippines as well is sending out missionaries. And, uh, and this has been going on for many years, but it's, it's growing. And, and, and I am so blessed to be part of this because... I get to teach missions at Asian Theological Seminary, so I am training Filipinos and some others from other countries actually to go as missionaries uh, to other countries. And some of them are reaching these hard-to-reach people groups. So uh, it's a great privilege to be involved in that. So I want to tell you about a few of these Filipino missionaries that are going out. I think of uh, Chichi, a young lady whom we've known for many years, and uh, she uh, was part of the same congregation that we were part of many years ago. And she got connected with the Translators Association of the Philippines. She got trained by them and then went to Cambodia to work on translating uh, the scriptures for a tribe that did not have it in their own language. So she worked at that uh, a number of years. She came back to the Philippines. And now she's working in the southern Philippines, the island of Mindanao, uh, also in translation work. Mindanao is uh, the part of the Philippines where there's a sizable Muslim population. You've heard probably in the news about some, uh, some trouble in one part of Mindanao uh, of uh, struggles between uh, extremist Muslims and the, uh, the Philippine min uh, uh, military. So we need to be praying for that situation. Pray for Chichi. Uh, it's not an easy place to be serving. So please keep on praying for her. Then I think of uh, a couple that we met not too long ago, uh, Justin and Carol. And this couple, we discovered that they are living and working in a Middle Eastern country, a predominantly Muslim nation, and they are actually working at training Filipinos and some Christians from other countries how to reach out to Muslims with the gospel. 
And uh, there are thousands of Filipinos working in the Middle East uh, among many Muslims. Now, I can't go to a Muslim country in the Middle East and say, I'm going to preach the gospel. But Filipinos, Christians, are already there. And it's also not easy for them to just, you know, very quickly go and, and tell the gospel. But through their lives, they can be a witness. And, and through their words, they can eventually tell others the gospel. And so this couple is helping uh, these believers to learn how to do that. So it's a very difficult kind of ministry, a difficult context. Uh, they need lots of prayer, so please be praying for them. And then I think of uh, Roger and Michelle. And uh, they have been my students for several years at uh, ATS. In fact, they actually met in my class the first the year I was teaching the basic missions class. They, they met and got to know each other. Both were my students. And uh, a year ago, they got married, and uh, they finished their studies, and now they're preparing to go to Thailand. God has placed Thailand on their hearts, uh, a very needy country. Uh, Thailand is around 2% Christian, so the need is very great there. They've already been to Thailand a couple of times for short-term missions, and, and now they're preparing to go back. And their goal is to actually start a business in, in Thailand, and through that business, they will be able to get to know people, develop relationships, uh, networks, and, and eventually be able to share the gospel, start Bible studies, and even plant churches. So again, pray for Roger and Michelle uh, as they prepare to go back to Thailand, and that God will bless them with a, a fruitful ministry. Now, we talked about that role of sending, and... Uh, it's not easy for the Filipino church to send out missionaries, especially when it comes to the financial aspect. Uh, you know, they, uh, many of the churches are, are poor, are struggling even to support their own pastors. So to think about supporting a missionary to go out to another country may sound like a burden. It's, it's difficult to them. But they are growing in this, and, and this is also partly where, uh, where Bessie's ministry comes in. Bessie is teaching believers in Christian stewardship, in financial management, in giving and tithing. And uh, her goal especially is to raise up uh, stewardship champions, initially uh, among leaders in the church, who will become examples to others uh, as, as faithful givers and faithful stewards. And uh, through this, uh, she is raising up people with givers' hearts who will participate in this great work of giving and, and even sending. And this will help the churches to support their own ministries and also uh, even in sending out missionaries to other countries. A verse that has become an inspiration to us and, and to others as Bessie does this training is uh, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, where Paul says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And I hope that that will inspire all of us as well in this area. So how about checking our feet? Uh, I won't make you take off your socks and shoes. Uh, actually, it's not so much about how attractive our feet look. You know, it says beautiful feet because the message that they were carrying was a very happy, a very good message. Um, and so think about us. How beautiful are our feet in terms of 
sharing the gospel with people around us, participating in, in God's mission close to home and far away. Uh, we're all called to participate in this great task. And so let's, uh, let's pray that God will be raising up more harvest workers among us here and, and in other countries. Uh, the need is, is still very great. And so let's continue working and participating together, supporting each other, encouraging each other in this great task until the Lord comes again to bring the fullness of his kingdom, to bring that greatest news of all, that he is truly King of kings and Lord of lords and that every creature will worship him truly and fully as he is Lord. And so let's continue to encourage each other and may God receive all the praise.